T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870, Mike Detaille along with Charlie Long. We're taking you to 8 o'clock tonight. Uh, one of the things that happened uh, in the 4 o'clock hour, Bobby Wagner, uh, nine-time Pro Bowl football player with Seattle and then last year with the L.A. Rams, was released after a 140-tackle, six-quarterback sack year. You still got gas in the tank, Mike. <laughs> you got a little bit of gas left, and it was a mutual agreement between uh, Wagner's people and the Rams get the release. Bobby can see this is going to be – a rebuild uh, with the Rams, and so he he's getting he got his release, and so he'll be an interesting piece of the puzzle. And how much somebody be willing to pay for Bobby coming off what some people think may have been his best season ever at his age. And man, the guy can still man his run defense skills are tremendous. But they used him a little bit differently than Seattle in the fact that they blitzed him a lot more. He wasn't used in that category a lot in Seattle. Uh, he might not be quite as nifty in the pass coverage part of the game, but man, he can play. And so that, that's another destination uh, for Bobby Wagner. And Charlie, uh, this uh, got announced that Josh Richardson is getting his first start for the Pels tonight. Oh, wow. He's, he's really played well for the Pels. Yeah, he has. In, in the few games that uh, we've seen him play, but he's getting his first start for the Pels tonight. I think it wasn't his debut against the Thunder, I'm pretty sure if I'm remembering correctly, and he was outstanding in that game. He had like five steals in his debut. I, great defensive instincts, uh, as we had Antonio Daniels on a couple He's, weeks what ago. He, what he said, junkyard dog defense. Yeah, he said that he had talked to the guys in San Antonio, and they said, you're going to love him. Like He's the type of guy that you want on your team, a great veteran leader, someone that knows where everyone should be on the court defensively, and a guy that can shoot pretty at a decent average clip. So, yeah, no, I, I mean, that move to get Josh Richardson, it was a sneaky move by Griffin in the front office, but and you I, know I like it, it. And you know it's just a one-year situation. He's just going to play out it this may, year. Maybe, but I don't think signing Josh Richardson is out of the, the woodworks. I think Depending that, on what he wants financially. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to overpay that's the other for part. Josh Richardson. No, you're but, not going to do it. Not at his age. You're not going to do it. Yeah, I, I could see him maybe staying on for a couple of years with the Pelicans. It'll be interesting with him. and Especially uh, if he meshes with the locker room. Yeah, and Antonio had brought up about that junkyard dog defense, and he said, I really like that, the way he can mesh with the guys that are already on the team. But also, Woody was averaging like 12 points a game, uh, somewhere in that range. Yeah, he was in the early teens. Yeah, and, and so, man, if you can get 12 to 15 points, uh, you know, that, that's what you're looking for here. Yeah, I mean, you're looking for a guy that can catch and shoot at a decent clip because that's all you're really asking him to do. The Pelicans lack a couple things, specifically a, a athletic big, 
and a shot and a shot rim protector, but I think they also lack some shooting. So if if Richardson can still be at a solid thirty eight to forty percent clip, that's all you really need from him because defensively he makes up for any kind of inefficiencies that he has offensively. The other thing too, I agree with David Grubb on this that man down the stretch, you know, the key guy is Brandon Ingram. He has got to play at a very high level um, each and every game because there there is no Zion that you can tag, so to speak, to come in. And we've seen CJ this year. It's sort of been a little bit of a roller coaster ride. Trey Murphy, um, who I think is a really good player, good young player. Yep. Uh, uh, but uh, again, uh, the consistency part with him. Well, the effectiveness with Trey Murphy is kind of tied to his aggression. How aggressive is he going to be on a given night? Because there's times where he's not going to take but three or four shots from beyond the arc. You're looking to maybe see him take six or seven in a game, maybe double that, right? And it's really kind of dependent on how he's feeling in each game. If he's feeling the shot and he gets going early, then you can see a Trey Murphy that scores 20 points in a given night. But if he's not, then you're going to see the guy that maybe contributes eight points and and a couple of rebounds. And he's not really doing much in the game while he's on the court. So Trey Murphy's a really big part of this playoff push, but I'm with you. I agree with David 100%. Brandon Ingram's got to be the guy. And he was showing signs of that. He's, he looked healthy right before the All-Star break. He had eight days off to rest. I'm expecting a Brandon Ingram tonight that's going to be fully rested, fully healthy, and someone that's going to put up 25 to 30 points against this And Raptors Daniels team. isn't playing tonight. Yeah, Dyson's not playing. We talked a little bit about that, how yesterday he was listed as probable, got downgraded to questionable. But I think that's a good sign that he's not far off. He's not He's not too far off from being back on the court, which is a good sign for the Pelicans. That's another reason why I think you bring back Richardson, because I think there's a lot that Dyson Daniels, he's already a great defender at 19 years old, but I think there's he's a, a lot that he can get. defender. Man, Charlie, think about it. At 19, how many guys hit the NBA and can play defense as well as he can. Now, again, his offensive game needs work. But defensively, because today everybody wants to shoot. Everybody wants to be the shooter. But I think what you see in Dyson is something uh, that the front office here saw that his ability to come in, he's not playing like a rookie on defense. He's so athletic. I I think – but that's what I'm trying to get at is that I think that he can learn some things about being like the veteran savvy of a guy like Josh Richardson can teach the 19 year old rookie Dyson Daniels a thing or two about playing NBA defense and playing guarding these wings that he's going to be asked to guard in not even just a couple years, but this year, right? When they're making their playoff push, they're going to be asking a lot of guys like Herb Jones and Dyson Daniels because the NBA, specifically the Western Conference, has a lot of really good wings. And so they're going to have to be going to, no matter who they face in the playoffs or even in the playing tournament, hopefully they avoid that, they're going to be having to go up against some solid wing players. So you're going to be asking those young guys like Herb and Dyson to defend them. So, How do you think Russell Westbrook is going to mesh in L.A.? Because uh, you sort of know his game today. Uh, you know, you that understand was, that. That was something that I kind of scratched my head at when what David was saying they, about. David, David likes him yeah, in he L.A. Likes, he likes the Clippers. I kind of laughed when I saw that the the Clippers odds at winning the West, winning the NBA Finals, winning their division all went down after signing Russell Westbrook. Didn't go up, went down. I think it really depends on how they use them, and I think Ty Lue will know how to use them, so I don't think it's going to be an issue. I imagine that Russell Westbrook kind of fits that six-man role that they're looking for out of him. To me, that's where I think is his best fit today. And I agree, and I think that's how Ty Lue will use him in L.A. So I think it will be fine. I don't think he actively hurts the Clippers, 
but does he does he like move the needle to championship team? I don't think so. We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big 870, and we're going to talk a little bit NFL salary cap right after this break here on WWL. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike Detail along with Charlie Long. And on our Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line from overthecap.com, Jason Fitzgerald. Jason, thanks so much for joining us this evening. Oh, glad to be on with you guys. Jason, um, we see the Saints in this as every year. It's almost like a blueprint. It just depends on the money. Uh, reshuffling the roster. And Mickey's always talked about it, uh, that, you know, the way these contracts are set up, uh, about kind of being, being able to maneuver money around uh, to get under the cap and that sort of thing. Uh, today it was with Ryan Ramchak and, and with Will Lutz and, uh, I think they still with forty million dollars over the cap, but we see this every year. They, they've had a bigger mountain to climb than the one this year. It was over a hundred last year, hundred million this year. I think it was in the mid fifties when it started. Um, but eventually, I think for most fans, their feeling is, I, I'll take that with Ramcheck, understanding that he's long term here. He's a fixture on this football team. I think for a lot of times, what they don't like is you do this to a player that you know he's a rent, he's not a buy. Yeah, I think that's what happens most of the time. And, you know, right now the Saints are kind of in that position. You know, you can you can only kind of push so far uh, because you get to the point where it's really diminishing returns. You know, what you talked about last year, they had to create like $100 million in cap space. The year before that was probably about $70 million. But you're constantly doing it with the same set of players. Right. So there's less and less money you can kind of create every year. And – you know, just the way the NFL works, there's less and less value in those players as they get older and older and older. Um, you know, Ramchek's an example of a guy where that's perfectly fine to do it with. He's a young guy who's going to be around for a long time. But, you know, you, you get into other players who are getting closer to 30 or over 30 years old, you know, it, it starts to put you in a bad position. And even this year, you know, they, they, they're kind of at the point where they're probably going to restructure every single player on the team again, kind of like they did last year. 
but they probably won't be able to create nearly as much cap room as they did um, the prior year. It's just, you know, again, there's only so much you can create. Uh, Jason, I'm kind of looking at over the cap right now. You currently have them at $35 million over the cap space as of now. I mean, obviously the restructure happened with Ramcheck right like today, but what are the upcoming moves that you really see them making? You said that they're going to restructure a lot of their big deals, but which ones are the ones that are going to be coming up first? Lattimore's got to be involved with that, right, Jason? I mean, because yeah, you L- look Lattimore, at that cat, that contract, that's got to be one that they got to redo. Yeah, so basically what you're looking at are the guys that probably have the biggest base salaries um, that are listed there. That That's kind of your first in order. Uh, then your other one is if player has like a roster bonus, um, you know, those a lot of times are payable, you know, first, second, third day of the league year. So you want to get those things converted right away. Um, so Lattimore would probably be one of the players. Uh, Cam Jordan, you know, you, you'll probably do something with him again. He's got a uh, 13-9 base this year. So, you know, the, the, would the Eric kind of McCoy also be involved there? I think they already did. Yeah, they already did. Like they they mm-hmm. redid re- yeah, McCoy's already? Week. Okay. Yep, yep. They already have McCoy down. They they converted. He had a, uh, I think it was like a $10 million roster bonus. They converted to a signing bonus, plus whatever salary he had as well. So, you know, I think it's going to be every day, every day, every <laughs> other day, you'll get some uh, some news of, uh, you know, another player had his contract restructured. And, you know, then, then they'll make a couple of decisions for the players that they'll probably cut. And DeMario also got an extension last year. DeMario Davis. Davis, yeah. So that he's another player that'll probably be uh, restructured again, um, you know, this year. And, you know, he, he's still a really effective player. I mean, he is 34, I think. 34, 33, 34. Uh, you know, he's still a really effective player. Um, but, you know, that that's the example of where you're pushing things on players where – you know, you don't know how much longer yeah. they're probably going to be with yeah. the team. Jason, I, a month ago, the Saints didn't make that restructure with Michael Thomas, where, you know, I think it's everything is kind of looking towards this post-June 1st cut uh, with, with Thomas's contract. Do you kind of see that happening? Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's the only reason they did that with the yeah. contract. There, there are There's clauses in that contract that kick in if he's on the roster, um, basically the second day uh, after free agency starts. If he's still on the roster, he'll basically get like $60 million or something guaranteed. Obviously, that's not going to happen because he really hasn't been healthy for the last couple of years. So what they did was a contract that was designed so they can carry him at this cap number uh, really until June 2nd on the books. Uh, because the the way those rules work, if they had designated him a post-June 1 cut before his salary cap number they would have had to carry would have been like 24 25 million so now they'll get to carry that number at uh 13 i think yeah 13 and a half million and um then on june 2nd you know it, it'll drop down a little bit and that'll be enough money for rookies and stuff like that jason uh, the one intrigue for me is and i don't think he resigns back with the saints and it's marcus davenport He's on the all-potential team, okay? Uh, we saw him in 2021, nine sacks at times, just a dominant player. And then last year, he was sort of pedestrian uh, out on the football field. But this is not a great year uh, if you're looking to upgrade maybe a defensive end through free agency. And I've had a couple NFL people tell me, you know, you know, I hear this number 11, 12. They think it's going to be more than that that he's going to get in free agency. Yeah, it's it's possible, um, you know, kind of because of what you said. It's a down year in free agency. If you go back a couple of years ago when you had, uh, 
you know, Carl Lawson, uh, Hendrickson, those guys went into free agency and got 15 a year, give or take a little bit on uh, three and four year deals. Um, You know, they they were probably a little bit, uh, a little bit, maybe more productive, you know, maybe had a little bit more playing time. I think Davenport's like a 40% playtime guy. Um, But, you know, teams are going to see potential in that based on kind of what you said, you know, two years ago, he's had all those pressures, those pressures converted into sacks. And even this year, I think his pressure numbers were okay. Uh, it just didn't convert into sacks. Um, so, you know, teams sometimes look at that and they're willing to take a shot at it. Now, they did push they did push a date in his contract back. Yes. His contract originally was going to void um, a couple days ago. And they pushed that back to where basically they have between now and March 15th to work out an extension or, you know, some kind of deal with him. My guess is if he would be willing to do a one-year deal for $12 million or something like that, I think the Saints would be willing to do that. Uh, you know, they just prorate that money out. You know, it would basically all be paid as a bonus and they'd throw four void years or whatever in there, um, you know, to get that cap number low. But I, I don't know if they can really do that long-term deal if that's the kind of numbers that uh, that he's thinking about. You know, it's a, it's a lot to pay for someone when even within your own defense, he really hasn't been that kind of, you know, higher-level player. Anumata is also involved with that. He, he, got his, he got his date pushed back also. Yep. Yeah, they uh, they pushed his back right at the same time, and so again, that's another one they'll have until March fifteenth. For uh, that one is probably a little bit of an easier deal to do. Um, you know, probably similar to what he's been earning if he wants to stay in New Orleans. And obviously, by pushing that date back, they're showing you that they want to make an effort to uh, you know to keep him. Uh, you know, in a sense, for both of those players. So, you know, there, there's going to be ongoing discussions with them uh, to try to get a deal done. Jason, back to Davenport for a minute. We've talked a little bit about this because I feel like it just kind of makes sense. The Atlanta Falcons, with $55 million in cap space, signed Ryan Nielsen, the defensive line coach and co-defensive coordinator of the Saints, and then they also have Terry Fontenot, the former former front office member of the Saints, is now the GM of the Falcons. They have the cap space to offer a guy like Davenport a a long-term deal. Do you think that that's something that's going to happen this offseason? Yeah, I mean, that can happen. You have two teams in the Bears and the Falcons that have to spend a lot of money uh, this year. They they don't really have a choice. So, um, you know, they're, they're in positions where they have to spend it. And, you know, kind of what you just did there where you do the connecting of the dots, where you find, you know, the different coaches that you have a relationship with, all that stuff happens in free agency all the time. And why players go to certain places. And, you know, that, that could probably be a possibility. And he's just got to decide, you know, if he thinks that market is going to be there, and the Saints can't make an offer that would be similar to what he thinks he would get in free agency from a team like that. You know, it becomes difficult then for the Saints to hold on to him. Jason, um, when you look at it, you know, every year, I think we point toward the Super Bowl team and say that's going to be the team that, man, they're going to take some big hits in free agency. You can't say that this year with the Chiefs. they got a pretty young roster, but you can't say that about the Eagles, and especially on the defensive side, the football where that's going to be a lot of new faces on that defense for the Eagles. You just can't afford it. Uh, I give Howie Roseman a lot of credit. He has been able to add youth uh, to that team and also bring in certain veterans. But that's going to be a major changeover, especially front seven with the Eagles in, in 2023. Yeah, they, they have a ton of free agents uh, on their defense. I think it's the fourth most unrestricted in the league a ton of snaps they might lose you know you're talking about uh your interior defensive linemen they've got their linebackers are going to be out they've got a you know bradbury at corner you got safety that's going to be out from there uh one or two of the pass rushers i think so 
yeah, I mean that that's a that's a unit that can get a a giant facelift over the season, um, just because you know they're a team where they're not going to be able to create a ton of cap room. They'll create some cap space. Uh, it's not like they won't have any, but they they also have a Jalen Hurts extension on the horizon, possibly this year that they have to kind of look out for. Um, so what, you know, they, what would you think, Jason? Just kind of a ballpark. What you look at of what you think Hurts will get on a new deal? You know, I, I'm. I would imagine he'd be looking for something that's going to be between 50 and 55 million a year. And, you know, coming off a Super Bowl, young guy, he, when you look at the landscape, uh, the way that it's gone, you know, and you have like Kyler Murray uh, getting close to 50, uh, Russell Wilson got up 48, 49 this past year. You know, it, it's a possibility that you, you might end up um, with contract figures somewhere around there. Uh, the Eagles might look to get that a little cheaper, and they they might, you know, they 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 can always come to different agreements on guarantees and contract length to, you know, try to find a common ground to not go over that fifty million number. But I would think he's going to be in that range of that, uh, you know, fifty plus million a year. Hopping from one young quarterback to the other, Jason, I'm looking at the Baltimore Ravens cap space. They're at twenty four million under the cap. So they have some space, but it seems like everything we've heard about the Lamar Jackson negotiations are pointing towards things going really south really soon. What do you kind of anticipate him to make in the offseason market? Uh, I know that he's looking for that guaranteed money. Do you think that he's going to get it? And what kind of deal do you think uh, Lamar Jackson's going to get? Oh, is this going to be so, very similar to Deshaun Watson? Well, if if the Ravens decide to let him go, it'd be identical to Deshaun Watson. Okay. You know, you'd be talking about trading him and getting a massive, um, you know, collection of draft picks, and you'd basically be paying him five years, two hundred fifty million, six years, three hundred million, uh, all guaranteed. If you're the team that's going to be able to trade for him, uh, but you know, the, the Ravens have to decide if they really want to do that because if they place the exclusive franchise tag on him. Which is very expensive. You know, it's forty-six million uh, for the year right now. It, that that completely blocks him uh, from free agency. They they can still trade him, uh, but you know that that completely blocks him from free agency. So you know it it just adds another level of uh, you know questions to to the whole process. And we're really not going to know about that for probably the next two weeks. A lot of people have asked us about this, and I'll let you answer it about Alvin Kamara when he is suspended, and what does that do from a cap standpoint? Uh, we, we've taken this shot. Hey, no matter what, he's, he's still a member of the team, and that, that money is still the Saints have to fool with. Right. So if basically they would have to hold this cap hit until a suspension hit, and then it would depend on the amount of the suspension. Okay. Um, you know, if he was suspended for, you know, the entire season – they would take his base salary off the book. So his cap charge would drop down to I think about 5 million. I think okay. is what he has for uh prorated on there. Otherwise what will happen is uh, the cap number will stay as is. And then the uh, first day of the regular season, you know, right at, right after they do the, uh, the final cuts, that's when the guys actually go on the suspended list. They'll get an immediate credit for however many weeks um, that he's suspended for. So, you know, if he was suspended for half the season, 50% of his salary would wipe off the books at that point in time, you know, of the $9.4 million that he's uh, scheduled to earn this year. What I'm intrigued with Atlanta because of the, the amount of money they get to spend. You brought up also Chicago. Um, now the Bears, they are who they are from a spending money standpoint. But for me, the biggest intrigue is Cincinnati. Because, okay, we understand – 
uh, the Brown family in the past, uh, they threw that money around like manhole covers. Uh, but now you got Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase staring down that road that you're going to have to pay. And I think the key here is what can you get Burrow to kind of agree to that you can maybe fit at least one of the two? I don't know that you can do both of them, to be honest with you. So I, I think that they can keep one of the receivers and they can do the extension with Burrow. I, I don't think they can keep all three. I agree. Uh, I think that I agree. would I think that would be pretty much impossible. Uh or you know, I mean you would have to slash so much from other parts of your roster, it's you know, probably not worthwhile in the big picture. Um, you know, the Burrow one is gonna be interesting. Cincinnati doesn't do guarantees in their contracts beyond the signing bonus. Um, so that that immediately can become a big hang up. Uh, they would probably want him to do a very long-term contract, some of it what uh, Patrick Mahomes did in Kansas City. Um, you know, those contracts are very uncommon. So it, it's an interesting one. I'm sure he's going to resign there at some point. Uh, I, I don't think this will hit the Lamar Jackson stage at all. But, you know, it's a real interesting one. It's a, it's a hard one to kind of project. But, yeah, keeping the three, the three offensive skill guys like that, I, I don't think that one is probably going to be possible. I feel like the wide receiver market has been booming recently, Jason. What kind of money would T. Higgins make on the open market? Because I think <laughs> if you're the Bengals, you're probably looking, as you're saying, to, to pay two of the three. It's got to be Jamar and Joe. So I think T. might be the odd guy out. And if that's the case, what kind of what kind of a deal do you think he can make on the open market? If I did that, then I would trade T. Higgins. I would try well, to get that, a team that, to trade him. I, I think that's what would happen. Yep. Uh, I think you would probably be looking at doing that this season. You know, you'd probably have a situation that's similar to A.J. Brown right, last year. Right, right. Um, you know, you get traded on draft day and you get in a first-round pickback for him or something like that. Uh, because I, I'm sure that the money that he's going to get and going to be looking for is going to be similar to what those guys all signed for last year in that, you know, $23, $24 million a year range. Um, you know, It's a good time to be a receiver. receiver <laughs> last two years. Yeah, you know, he can stretch the field. He scores touchdowns. So, I mean, he, he's he's the kind of player that uh, a lot of teams are going to be interested in. He's got good size. So I, I would imagine that he's going to be up there in that salary range. And, yeah, that, that might be a player right away that you just say, okay, you know what, trade him this year. Or, you know, you let the deal play out. You franchise tag him for the next year, and you're just tagging him for the sole purpose of trading him. Jason, when you look at the Saints situation, I think we sort of know the numbers for Derek Carr. If if somehow, some way, that's the decision on Derek. It's going to be in the mid-30s for Derek if he signs with Saints, Jets, Panthers, whoever. What's the market which you look for if the Saints say, you know what, okay, he signs here, um, a Baker Mayfield or an Andy Dalton, or what they could make in 2023? Yeah, I don't. I don't think either of those guys are going to cost too much money. Um, you know, Baker Mayfield went through a couple teams last year. Um, you know, you, you're probably looking at a couple million dollars for him. I think it's the same for Dalton. You know, I know Dalton had his ups uh, ups at times last year, um, but you know, he's basically been a backup level quarterback for the last couple of seasons in terms of salary and. You know, those kind of players, usually you can get three, four million a year and you throw incentives in those deals that don't count, but, you know, they all kick in. And, you know, if the team makes the playoffs, makes Super Bowl, guy does incredibly well starting a bunch of games, and you can bring that salary level up then for the player to get him to agree to a contract. But I think the base value for players like that is going to be pretty low.
Jason, if there's one guy that today you can say, well, watch what he's going to make in free agency, who would you target if there's a player or two? Oh, man, that, that's a tough one because th- this year this year it's like impossible to say because there's just no – there's not a very good group of free agents. That, um, exactly. So that's why I thought it was a good question. Now, Hargrave with the Eagles – uh, is a guy that I think a lot of teams like, but for how much? For how much? Yeah, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's going to be anything that's going to be uh, earth shattering. You know, he's okay. a third contract player, so I'm not saying it's going to be a, a cheap contract, but you know, it, I don't think he's going to be in that range where you get into those, uh, you know, twenty million dollar a year. Uh, kind of category for some of those defensive interior players, you know, just because he's going to be 30, um, you know, so I, I think that's going to be a knock in terms of, you know, giving him a big deal. You know, I mean, if you look at extensions and you're looking at guys that move the market, I mean, the Jets are going to be a team that's probably desperate to make some noise. Yeah. So, you know, they, they may sign Quinn and Williams to some kind of number that bridges that gap between the $20 million players right now and where Aaron Donald is at at 30 million, you know, maybe, Maybe he'll be a guy that gets up to like $25 million, which is, you know, that, that'd be a huge jump, um, you know, for that market. Kind of, kind of the way that the right tackle market jumped when Ramchek did the deal with Correct. Uh, Correct. New Orleans the other season. You know, that, that, those are probably the kind of players that it's going to happen for. I can't imagine with this year's group of free agents, um, you know, that there's anyone that's going to be like, you know, just so shocking that you're like, wow, you know, I, I I didn't. I didn't expect that to come from anywhere. You know, maybe. But maybe there's Orlando always Brown. one. That's always yeah, going to be know, one. I mean, we see it every Orlando year. Orlando Brown scores. Something, yeah. Who knows? Man. But uh, you know that that's the interest with free agency. You know, yeah. no one would have projected uh, Christian Kirk last year at 18 million. Correct. Um, Correct. You know, so you never know. Uh, but yeah, this, this year's group of free agents just looks so weak, and it's not the. It's not those typical skill positions that uh, people go crazy for. You know, you got some good running backs, but. Teams generally pay down at running back. They don't pay up at that position anymore. Um, so, you know, there, there's not those fancy edge rushers. Um, you, you just don't have those positions that usually get a premium. Jason, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Really appreciate it. A lot of great information. Anytime, guys. Thanks, thanks so Jason. much. Jason Fitzgerald from OverTheCap.com does great work, and uh, we'll have him on over the next few weeks to kind of explain us a lot of the things that are happening all across the National Football League. And free agency, Charlie, is right around the corner. We'll be back with more Sports Talk here on the Big 870. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike Detail along with Charlie Long. We're going to go back to our Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line. We're going to go to Jimmy and Kentwood. Jimmy in the huddle with Mike and Charlie. Good evening. Hey, Jimmy, how you been, bud? Hanging in there. All right, that's good. Look, I was think, thinking about Zion Williams. What's up with him? What it is, conditioning or just bad luck or what? Bad luck and yeah, bad a second luck. pull of a hamstring. And uh, I've dealt with some athletes <laughs> away from WWL. And that second pull of the hamstring, man, you're going to be out a long time. I'm just telling yeah. you, bad luck, and it's all on the right side. It's like what David was you know, saying. David Grubb and I, we were talking about this. It's been right ankle, right knee, right hamstring. See, I'm not stupid enough to say you get rid of them, 
But he ain't no good if he can't get it. He ain't doing no good if he can't get on the court. Y'all have a good evening. Thank Jimmy's you, Jimmy's right. Man, listen, the number one thing is availability in this world when you're an athlete. And, uh, man, he is an unbelievable player. But, again, how many games can you count on? He's an MVP-level talent. It's just you got to get the guy on the floor. And it's so unlucky because we were talking with Joel Myers a few weeks ago, and Joel was saying, oh, he's really close, really close to returning. Then he has a setback. And then now we're going to be asking every single week until the end of the regular season or until he gets back no, on the floor, I, Charlie, when's I, he going to be back? I think it's questionable if he comes back for the regular season. I really do. And, and yeah. uh, I, I hate to say it, but I mean – there's just so many. There's too many question marks to expect him to be back. Yeah, I agree with you. And right before we had Joel, I, I texted Jen Hale, who's sideline reporter for the Pels. I said, "When when is Zion coming back?" And she said, "Mike, real soon. I think real soon." That's when she texted me back. And then bang, uh, what I think it was the next day uh, or two days later, now out again because of the hamstring injury. And so again, that second one, when you pull it the second time. And aggravated, you're going to be out quite some time. We'll be back with more Sports Talk here on the Big 870. Finishing up on our number three here on Sports Talk on the Big 870, Mike Detail along with Charlie Long. And Charlie, early on, but uh, Toronto uh, with a 15-9 lead over the Pels. Yeah, early on is in four minutes left to go in the first quarter here. The Pels are off to a very slow start offensively, which is kind of disappointing. You get all that time off. I guess there's some rest to shake off, right? But... I mean, Rust. listen, man, come on. Yeah, right. Like a week of, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to be optimistic. Yeah. Hopefully, they'll pick it up a little bit. But Charlie, I need you in the morning to talk to me when I when I invest in those stocks. <laughs> yeah, there you that, go. That, that sometimes works <laughs> and sometimes don't. You always got to feel cheer, good. Yeah, the cheery side of things on this. We got one of the texters was asking us about uh, the Saints trading Michael Thomas. Uh, for Mac Jones, come on, uh, Mike, Michael Thomas is not going to be traded. He's going to be, be cut. He's going to be a post June first cut, and so you know nobody's going to take that contract. It just bottom line, that deal is I'd have an interest in him, but I'm not taking that contract for a player that basically for the what last two and a half years played a handful of games. Now he looks great when he's healthy. But we just haven't seen that guy. And my thing is, if you think you're going to win with Zappy at quarterback, yeah, I was about to say this is the same that. texter that said that uh, some boards were saying that the Patriots will go yeah, Zappy as QB one. Zappy was an interesting player for a couple weeks, and then he kind of got the spotlight in that primetime game, and he I, uh, I scouted him, and yeah. then that was it. I know exactly how to play him. I think bringing in Bill O'Brien was to try to fix the Mac Jones situation. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I. I think it's a pretty interesting move because it's basically Belichick admitting that what he tried to do last year was a screw up. A, a screw up is an <laughs> understatement. But bringing back Bill O'Brien to try and fi- fix Mac Jones, I think I agree with you. I think they'll stick with him at least for another year. See how it goes. Because I thought he played solid as a rookie, as a rookie quarterback. He didn't make a ton of mistakes. Uh, I, that's all. All you're really asking. Yeah, from a and he didn't. He didn't really mess it up. And he he flashed it at times. But, man, last year you could see it was all miscombobulated all over the place, and then they put Zappi in, and he had a couple moments, and then everybody figured out exactly how they're going to play him. And so, yeah, once you get tape on him, you can yeah, defend him. Yeah, yeah, I can break that down, and I know exactly what he can do and what he can't. I think, again, bringing in O'Brien was admitting that what I tried to do last year did not work. Did not work. 
and I need a fixer. I agree with you. I think they're going to commit to Mac Jones for at least one more year. Yeah, and um, defensively, man, they they are a pretty good team. Uh, you know, to be honest with you, the yep. Patriots are pretty good on defense, but offensively, you don't have an explosive guy out on the edge. It feels like they haven't had one for a long time either. I mean, which, uh, since Randy Moss, maybe? Well, yeah, I guess so. Right? <laughs> That's a real long time, but uh, they, they've had good receivers, not great. Because you think about uh, Edelman in the slot, mm-hmm. and, and he was a really good slot guy. Right. Really, really good. But you're talking about a guy that could really take the top off of coverages? Man, uh, Bill's whiffed. As great as a coach as he's been, his drafts have not been yeah, real good uh, at didn't all. Didn't they try to draft? Like, it was like Nikhil Harry was like one of those guys that they were hoping would be you know, the next Randy Moss, the next big guy on the outside, and he just didn't pan out. Like Nelson Aguilar, like they've they've gone out and tried to sign free agents. Then they try to get Devontae Parker. Like yep. none of these guys have really worked out for the Patriots. But uh, I don't know. And, but you know, Bill is a better evaluator of veteran players that he's got tape on NFL wise instead on, of rookies. Yeah, instead of a rookie, and he sort of took over that draft room. Uh, I've talked to a couple guys that scout for the Patriots, and their deal is. You know, you can have your own grade up there. That doesn't mean Bill's going to agree with it. Mm-hmm. He's going to do what Bill wants to do uh, as far as picking players. And again, when you got that many rings, uh, you know, there's Skins not, on the wall, as yeah, Bobby would say. Yeah, got a lot of. We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big 870 right after this news break. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 